Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world today. This is David Robert for the Marketplace of Ideas podcast. Hope you're doing well and living it up. It is June, I believe, the 24th or the 25th, uh, 2020. We are in officially in summer, so hopefully you guys are enjoying your, uh, I mean, the first little bit of summer. I just want to let you know that before we get started, you can find the Marketplace of Ideas podcast wherever you get your podcasts, from Google to Stitcher to Podbean to um, iTunes. I mean, we're there. We're everywhere. Uh, we're everywhere you want to be. I feel that's the old, the old slogan for Visa or Mastercard. I think it was. But yeah, uh, so just having this little session here on the bike, also recording on the headset mic. So if you hear any pedaling in the background just know that i am huffing and puffing while getting this episode out so today's episode is going to be a little bit different um it came across my attention a little while ago when i was just perusing the internet and was checking out uh, some of the stuff in regard to you know men's health and everything else and it was an interesting article I came across, which was talking about loneliness or the epidemic of how males don't have a lot of friends and things of that nature. And it got me kind of thinking and kind of perusing and kind of mulling over what I had read. So before I get into the article, um, I had, it was, it was interesting because there was a lot of points that were made that could resonate with a person and I think could definitely be of some good help. But there were some other things that I found that were a little bit problematic and I felt that needed, um, you know, a little bit of more revisal there. So I think the first one was that their theory in this article was that there is a epidemic of a lack of close and personal friendships that males, particularly above the ages of 35, um, don't have that only one in four can actually count uh, more than two or three close intimate relationships um, outside of their female um, uh, relationship either wife partner or girlfriend and some of the synopsis was that males tend to abhor and kind of reject those friendships because at the end of the day um, they're seen as being too feminine. We're taught not to share feelings and to talk about what's going on. And any any kind of inkling of that could be perceived as, you know, being gay or whatever the case might be, which is somewhat sad to think of that, you know, there's a lot of men out there who don't have any close relationships or friends, excuse me, or friendships that they could actually call on and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I am a person is lonely or whatever else. And that it was almost akin to smoking or being obese. Like it was worse for a person's um, overall health. So it got me kind of thinking and realizing that for the most part, when you, when you're a kid, right, you know, you're younger, you're in school, you're a part of 
a lot of programs and a lot of things where friendship and togetherness is a benefit. If you are a part of a skill a team, if you're a part of a church or uh, you got your classroom, then you got your family, then you might have, let's say, after school activities like hockey or soccer or baseball or softball or girl guides or the Boy Scouts. And so as you're, you know, you're younger, you have all of these outlets to meet people, meet younger people such as yourself. Um, you know, and, and that helps to foster a really good I would definitely say a really good, uh, healthy um, environment in which you can grow and kind of, you know, gain perspective on life, as it were. Meeting people and realizing that, hey, you're not the only person out there and that you have to learn how to cooperate, work together, work as a team. Those are all wonderful, wonderful things that people need to just engage in the broader broader aspect of society. And then as you move up the ranks in school, you know, you have even closer relationships as far as your education goes and, you know, your careers and stuff like that. But the, the article said it stalls for a lot of men in between the ages of, like I said, you know, 35 and up. And some of the reasons they gave for that was as you get older, there, there are just less and less opportunities to meet new people. If you are part of a work environment, you maybe go to some form of a uh, spiritual gathering, some form of a religious um, sort of church. Maybe you're a part of a gym. Um, But that's kind of it for most people. And the idea of making new friends and making new connections and finding ways to, you know, be around different people can be, for, can be painful for a lot of, uh, a lot of guys can be very, um, very stand. It could be a, a feeling of being kind of standoffish, like as, and also as you get older, you get more set in your ways. And so you might have your own ideals and your own ideas of who you want to spend your very limited time with. If you have a family or a wife or a partner or children or a job, so much of your time is spent at the beginning of the day, let's say, you get out of bed, you know, if you're lucky to have a bed, you know, but you get out of bed, you get ready for your work day. Uh, if you're, if you're unemployed or if you're not currently, you know, working outside of the home, then you might be getting ready to take care of your kids. Um, you might send them off to school or you might be taking care of ones that aren't in school yet. And after that, you know, if your partner comes home, um, you have your dinner and everything else. And it's, there's not a lot of places outside of work, home, you know, the gym, maybe church or some, like I said, where you're going to find and actually make those deep connections. And so they're starting to say it's becoming an epidemic. Now, I, I feel that that's a little bit of an overstatement because, and the reason I say this before I read this article is because there are a lot of ways that people can meet individuals. And I feel like for, 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 for a good portion of our society right now, if you're in the developed world, there's a lot of ways you can meet people if you're willing to kind of step out of your comfort zone. And I think that's what we're going to be talking about today is that you don't have to be in a state where you are alone, where you're not able to talk to people or connect with individuals of like mind and, you know, that have the same sort of values or reach out to people who don't. And one, there's a verse in the Bible I read that said, um, if you want to make, find, if you want to make friends, find yourself friendly. And so if you want to go out there 
if you want people to actually care about you, you have to kind of care about other people. You know, it's that old adage that, hey, you may, you may say, ah, you know, nobody calls me, but when was the last time you called anybody, right? You might say, ah, nobody cares about anybody else, but when was the last time you reached out to somebody just to say, hey, man, I hope you're doing well. Hope you're feeling better. So there's a lot of uh, things to kind of break down there, but the article I was checking out, let me just read it here, talked about why a man's friendships can feel so empty. And this was on remaking manhood at dot uh, medium.com. So this medium is, I guess, a, um, it's a site that I've considered joining to put my blogs on for the podcast. And basically it's for writers and people who create content who want to put it in written form. And it's a way you can monetize your, your stuff as well. Um, but this is in the, in the upgraded version of, of, of medium. So I am not on that. So let's look on the other one, which is men's health. Now this was taken before the pandemic, excuse me, it says men don't need more friends. They might just need therapy. So we're going to read this one here. Kind of see what they got to say. There's no one right way to make or keep or be a friend. And it's probably something that most of us could get a little better at. So this is written again, I say, October 28th, 2019, prior to the pandemic. So there is something a little sad about an almost middle-aged man spending the better part of his summers thinking about whether he has any friends. Okay, it's a lot sad. But a few months ago, after my social media feed started filling up with posts and and takes on a crisis in men's friendship, men have no friends, men are dying of loneliness, we can't even do friendship right, I looked in the mirror and started to ask myself some hard questions. Do I have any real friends? Would I be happier with more friends? And wait, why is everybody still talking about friends? I mean, still. Somehow, men and friendship have become a whole thing. And to understand how and why it had become a whole thing, you need to look at the most famous and widely circulated data on the subject. It comes from something called the General Social Survey, which polled more than a 1,000 Americans back in 2004 and presented two distressing trends. The social networks of men and women had each shrunk by about a third since 1985, with both genders saying that they had about two close friends, and three was a huge increase in social isolation. Oh, sorry, and there was a a, a huge increase in social isolation, particularly among among young white men. Hmm. Social isolation is no joke, with countless studies linking it to a higher mortality rates, higher risk of dementia, and higher incidence of cardiovascular disease. A 2015 study out of Brigham Young University found that lonely and isolated people could see their life expectancy fall by 30%. It is quite literally a killer, and I've made myself especially vulnerable. I've moved towns twice in the past two years, each time starting fresh without knowing a single person. And I've spent a lot of quiet nights at home alone, or like grocery shopping, or watching way too much Netflix, wondering what people in my new town and the ones with actual friends are doing, having fun together probably, or at least not feeling lonely. I've lost count of how, or is it, I've lost count of how many times I've stood at the periphery of a group of guys bullshitting effortlessly the way that real friends do, and cruising, and cursing myself for being so shy and awkward around new people. See? Sad and also potentially fatal. So I did what any rational, sane, not at all worried about dying sooner and alone person would do. I interviewed a dozen sociologists, psychologists, and anthropologists, and bona fide authorities about what it means to make and keep a friend today. 
I read hundreds of pages of studies, reports, and academic papers on how guys build and maintain their social networks. And then I commissioned my very own online survey to assess what kind of friend I am. I randomly selected about 70 people from my contact list, sent them 10 multiple choice questions from SurveyMonkey, and promised them total anonymity uh, in exchange for some brutal on- brutally honest feedback. I'd, I'd meet all of them through work or I'd met all of them through work or school or just being a sentient social human being. And it started with a simple question. Do you consider me a friend? And went a little deeper from there. Give me the an- uh, anonymity. I didn't know who answered and what they said, but more than one contact friend emailed me right back with some combination of what the F are you okay? <laughs> Do you need to talk? Through all my poking and prodding and surveying, I learned a lot about how men, including my, me, and probably you, make and keep friends. Like, all that stuff about men having no friends and being more socially isolated than women, mostly wrong. And you probably shouldn't consider your wife your best friend. And your wives and girlfriends and partners maybe didn't really mean it when they asked us to share our hopes and dreams and frustrations and fears with them. And friends are great, and therapists are great, but they're not the same thing. And maybe most important, there's no right, one right way to keep or make or keep a friend. And like everything else in our lives, it's probably something that most of us could get a little bit better at. So, uh, he goes on to write, of the 70 contacts who received the survey, 42 took time away from being bored at work or scrolling through Instagram to answer my questions. And every one of them said they considered me a friend. The other 28 would be dead to me if only I knew who they were. And 42 friends is a strong, reassuring, I probably won't die alone number. But then why on a recent Saturday night when I had an extra ticket to a boxing match did I have to give some serious thought to whom I'd bring? For the unintended, a night of boxing entails a lot of undercard fights and a lot of waiting for the main event. You need to be real comfortable with whomever you're, uh, you're, you're, you're coming with. Um, let me see... Let me see. Ah, Keith Ann Hampton, PhD, a sociologist at Michigan State University, walks me through a variation within my social network. Men tend to have a larger, more diverse overall social networks than women, Hampton explains, with men more likely to focus on bridging, building, uh, building looser, more diverse networks that are helpful for getting ahead professionally, while women are, more, are better at bonding, building closer, more intimate relationships. For most of the past, oh, 20 years, I've spent most of my time and energy on bridging. Nearly half of all my surveyed friends consider me a work friend, and that almost always comes at the expense of bonding, as Hampton puts it. Time is not infinite, so that means sacrificing one for the other, which makes sense, given how most of us spend most of our waking hours at work, at work, right? But it's important to remember that while bridging friendships aren't necessarily less valuable or important than bonding ones, both are equally important. Hampton stresses, they aren't going to help you find someone to hang out with on a Saturday night. So this article uh, goes on to talk about uh, more about what, what they found, and, but it's kind of like more of the same, basically. So one of the things that I, I wanted to touch on, there's three things in particular, but the first one is that we have at our disposal, if you live in the developing world, almost an infinite amount of ways to meet new people. So if you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, any of these you know, um, platforms. There are ways that you can connect with different people. I follow a gentleman by the name of Tom Buck. He is a AMV uh, audio and visual, um, kind of like expert, former teacher started his YouTube channel, um, how to upgrade your videos. 
And he met his wife through YouTube. He's, he's met a group of people through that he claims were his online friends and now his real life friends. And it's been a way for him to bridge that gap to now make, you know, closer relationships with people. Now, I'm not saying he's found his bosom buddies or whatever, if anyone still uses that term. But what he's done is basically been able to use the, the YouTube platform to meet a significant amount of people. And there's a host of other apps out there like Meetup. Now that the pandemic's kind of slowing down, there are quote unquote dating apps out there as well. Uh, for romantic partners, or even if you're just looking for a friend, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't use a dating app to meet a, uh, a friend, but heck, why not? You know, like you could just meet someone you just want to talk to, right? Just want to connect with. Um, there are plenty of ways you can start groups on these platforms. I know Facebook and I, I don't know about Instagram, but I know Facebook, you can definitely start various groups for hobbies such as collecting, such as um, if you're into hunting or fishing or um, firearms or, you know, weapons, anything you think of, there's a group of people out there and you could then set up, you could have online stuff going on. You could have the, the groups private or open and then have maybe a meetup once or twice a month and really connect with people that way. So using all the technology that we have, there are ways that you can reach out to people when it doesn't feel as creepy, right? So if you're not the type of person that feels very comfortable in just talking to people and opening up and saying, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. Like I've never had an issue or problem talking with individuals from any walk of life, regardless of where they're from, which has usually gotten me in a lot of friends and sometimes in a lot of trouble because you know, sometimes that homeless guy on the street just wants someone to talk about the ghost that he sees in his shopping cart, much less, you know, wants to actually be a close friend. But all that to say, there are ways that you can do this without feeling awkward. And I, uh, so, which brings me to the second point, which is kind of what they said in the article about your wife or your partner not being your best friend. And I think I've shared this with my wife. I've shared this with friends and family that your spouse and significant other should never be considered your best friend. And the reason for that is a best quote unquote, a best friend or somebody that you consider to be super, you know, close, you can share anything with, and there's basically no sense of real judgment. You could say, Hey, you know, I, I shot a hooker by accident. Um, when I was, you know, firing my gun in the desert that one night in Arizona or so, I don't know, um, or something like that. Um, and they won't judge you on it. However, your spouse or your, the one you're married to will judge you. There's expectations, there's standards that they have for you. And if you don't meet up to them, they could love you less. They could show you a lot less, um, affection. It is definitely a, um, sort of, I would definitely say a relationship where it isn't unconditional love. There are conditions. And even though you might say till death do you part and all this other stuff, you can't just all of a sudden start, you know, regressing into, you know, playing Dungeons and Dragons all day long and not pay, go to work and pay like you, you know what I mean? Like you can't just do whatever you want. There is a standard of what you need to do to maintain that relationship. And so I think one of the big issues for a lot of men out there is they, they look to their wives, their girlfriends, or their significant others to be that person to, to be the emotional shoulder for them, to 
kind of unload all of their, their trauma on or their stuff that they're going through. And I kid you not, I really mean this, that there is no woman alive that I've met that actually wants to hear about what you're going through, the struggles, the heartache. It, it just, that's just how it is. And I've, I've had that from personal experience. I've seen that with friends. I've seen that with family where you're not, the idea of you just spewing all of your problems, all of your issues to somebody, they're not there for that, right? Think, of, think about it for a sec. The average workday of a working mom or a working wife or girlfriend or you know spouse or whatever, if you literally fought eight hours to nine hours at work, an, let's say an hour driving to and from, you maybe caught a workout in, you're trying to relax. The last thing you're trying to hear, the last thing you're trying to be burdened with is somebody else's problems. It sucks to say, right? I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news, but that's just the reality. And if, if nobody will tell you that, that's where, you're, <laughs> that's where you're wrong. Nobody wants to hear it. Ain't nobody trying to hear it, right? You're not, you're not five-year-old. You're not, you know, you're not an old person. You're not, you, 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 you got to deal with this stuff on your own. And that's where there tends to be that, that push because if you are in today's society, if you're taught to be stoic, to have no feelings, to not share your emotions, to talk about what's going on, to not divulge about how you're feeling, then at the end of the day, you might feel trapped and you might think, okay, well, I can at least talk to my wife or whatever, my spouse, but no, they, they ain't trying to hear it either. And so this is what leads me to my third point of all of this, which is, and it might sound a little bit, you know, less than appealing in today's society because at this point in time, if you're on Instagram, if you're on TikTok, if you're on any of these platforms, the idea is to share, 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 and to let everybody in and to talk about what's going on. But I remember I was chatting with this guy at Fit for Less before I left um, the former gym I was at, and they were saying, I was just talking with him. I said, at what point did it become so popular to become so mentally weak. And what I mean by that is I'm not trying to shame anybody if you are suffering from any type of mental health issue, if you're suffering from something that, you know, you need to get professional help for. But at the end of the day, when you look at the vastness of the of the cosmos, if you look out into the stars or if you just sit and think, like there are a billion other people on this earth that are probably going through some shit. And God forbid, as long as you, if you're not locked up in jail, if you're not terminally ill, if you don't, if you're not suffering from some sort of sickness, mental or physical, you know, psychological, and you have a healthy relationship with your family, you're not in a communist country, um, you know, you're not on the street, you know, more times than not, and I'm not saying that if even if those things are happening to you that there's no hope, but if you're, you know, just dealing with life, there are going to be times where you have to find ways to properly fix your self-talk, i.e. how you talk to yourself, how you deal with problems, how you deal with conflict. Oh, just one second. Oh, sorry about that. Just had to sneeze there. But um, yeah, you have to find a way to deal with life's issues and problems in a very honest and real way. So what would that look like? Well, it might look like by saying, first and foremost, you have to find a way to rely on yourself to solve your problems. Now, again, I'm not saying if you're about to be kicked out and homeless or you've got a gambling problem or you've got addiction issues, 
things that need real professional help, seek professional help, right? And But you're going to have to be the adult in this situation and realize, hey, you know what? I got to take better care of myself. I got to take better care of myself for my family. And it's going to it's going to require a very maybe uncomfortable, right, time period where you have to pull your head out of your ass and actually realize, okay, yeah, if, if I don't have a lot of male friends or whatever, how could I find that? So I said in the first point, you know, reach out and, and see, hey, if I can find people of like mind and everything else. But also realize that, ask yourself some honest, very tough and difficult questions. Am I even a person that people would want to be around? You know, do I have proper sensory acuity that when I'm talking about something that I find very interesting and just enthralling are people rolling their eyes? Do people even want, are you the type of person that if, if you phone somebody and they see your name on the caller ID or display, they go, oh shit, I don't have time to deal with this guy. You know, or you're the person like, yeah, I want to talk to this person, right? Because again, like I said, everybody is dealing with something. And especially in the last two years, my gosh, what have we had? We had, we had, I mean, we've had COVID, we've had um, racial unrest, we've had issues with uh, Aboriginal folks here in Canada, we've had the Freedom Convoy, we've had all these issues, you've had Roe versus Wade being overturned today, you know, we've had a war started my gosh, in Europe, like things that you literally would have only seen maybe in a book of revelations or on some nightly movie where the world's coming to an end. So everybody's dealing with something. And like I said, this article that I was checking out was, was done before the pandemic. So God knows where things are now with the fact that we had to shelter in place and all this other stuff for the last two years, like Lord only knows, but all that to say, if we're not able to do some deep introspection, just asking some honest, real questions, right? And even if we have a large friend group, asking those hard questions and saying, okay, well, am I fun to be around? Do I listen? Do I actually care about other people? Am I, am I a giver or am I a taker? Am I just somebody that just, it's like an energy vampire. Lord knows, I've had some friends like that where you just call them I just won't shut up, right? And am I like that, right? Are you the type of person that rather talk, is talking more than you want to listen? Do you suck up all the air in the room, right? Are you somebody that people can actually count on? Are you somebody that actually is honest to your word and will actually do what you say you're going to do? Or are you somebody that is an energy leak, that is somebody that is not reliable, and that's just a burden? And it's hard to hear... Excuse me, and it's hard to say those things because nobody wants to be that person. But I was listening to a comment where somebody said, "If, if you have, if you like look all look all around your friends, and if you can't identify who the weird one is, it's probably you." And that could go down the line for weird, you know, ignorant, racist, bigot, whatever. So I I think that's kind of where I want to leave it because this is a topic that can get very very contentious out there and. Yeah, like I said, it's it's not that you know men are bad at making friends or that we're not capable of having really close relationships. But in the era that we're living in now, we have to find a way in which we can do so and not and not be 
well, first of all, not creepy about it, but also just be, be deliberate about it and realize that the internet has taken away a lot of the, the, the need for close connection. Like, think about it. Like, there was a time where if you wanted to reach out to people, you'd have to actually call them. Like, actually physically talk to them. And most of the time, you would either see people on, you know, at church or the gym or work, and you connect with them there, right? But if you're connecting with people on social media, you're reaching out to them that way, and it's like, well, I don't really have to connect with you because I've seen everything you're up to and what you're doing online, then big deal. And so that's where a lot of us are right now, where it's just, it's just so easy to actually not put any effort into being a friend. You could send a text, you could send a, a message or a Facebook message, or, um, you know, you, you give them a thumbs, you give them a thumbs up. And that didn't mean that you were actually there with them. You just, you just gave them a thumbs up and said, okay. And so I, I would say that's something that we have to really work on. And look, I feel personally that there's a lot of us that are in this stage of life where, hmm, there's a lot of people right now, right, where we are, how should I even put this? I think that a lot of us have bought into the notion that an online presence and being connected through the internet is going to replace true time spent with a person in the physical space. And if it's so easy to connect with people online and say, oh, you know, I just want to meet up and blah, 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 and talk to you and share certain things. It's, how could I say this? It, it's, it's not going to cut it. Do you know? It really isn't. And, and unfortunately, I, I don't know. I feel like we're at a, we're at a tipping point. Cause after COVID, a lot of stuff that was going on with, um, with social media and just the level of loneliness, loneliness people have been feeling, was exposed. And I don't, I don't know how much longer people can go with having these ephemeral sort of connections and not actually getting something that is real, that is concrete. But again, you know what, that's, that's me, you know? And I think if we're going to be honest, we definitely have to find a way to connect in a real, in a real way. So yeah, you know, um, hopefully this is something that you know, you're able to get a, a connection out of, and it's something that you get some value out of. But uh, just like I said before, that it is, you know, we have um, the podcast is available for everybody that wants to listen to it on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, you name it, we're there. And yeah, until next time, I want you guys to just take care and be good to one another out there. Have a good one.